I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. And Heavenly Father, I know that um, your heart um, this morning is to um, to feed your sheep, God. I believe that you want um, transformation and revelation. So I pray I would just fade out. And you would tailor make this message for every person present here, God, that they would take away um, something of your heart for them this morning. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. You know, even while we were worshiping, I felt the Holy Spirit say that um, that we he has set a table and there's um, he's inviting you. You might feel on the outside sometimes in this Christianity thing, but the Lord was saying in worship. Like there's a chair for you. Like he's drawing you close. Like he wants you at his table. He wants you with him. And so whatever that thing is, um, that maybe not feeling accepted in the father or, or loved by him, or maybe you think, well, that's for other people, but I've, I don't know if I belong at that table. The Lord was very clear. You are in, you are at his table. There is no kid's table in the kingdom. Do you know what I mean? We have a kid's table. It's usually outside around the court. No. The heavenly father does not have a kid's table. He only has his table for you. And there's a chair for you. And you belong there. You're accepted at your heavenly father's table. So receive that if that was for you this morning. Also, um, so that was one thing. Um, and that there was a fresh aroma like we, um, you know, when like a new scent enters the room, someone walks in with their fragrance on, or I felt the Lord say that as we worship him today, we're releasing a fresh fragrance like that. He's not smelled. It's kind of like, so my mom wears Clinique aromatics elixir. It's like vintage y'all. And, <laughs> and when, when that smell walks in the room, that is home. And that is comforting to me. When I was working at a bagel shop in Santa Barbara at college, away from my parents, um, I remember this lady walked into the bagel shop wearing my mom's fragrance. And I just, (laughs) I'm making her bagel and just crying. Because it smelled like home. But I'm saying the Lord, our, our fresh aroma as we worship is, smells like home to the heavenly father. He loves when this house worships him. I'm telling you, it is a blessing to the father. So we're in the final teaching of our walk in the spirit series. And this is going to be titled. So to the spirit S O W. So to the spirit, we talked last week about, um, not walking in the flesh. So it says walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It's don't try and stop doing anything. It says start walking in the spirit and those things will just take care of themselves. If you're born again, it says you're no longer some low level person. You are seated now in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are next to him. You are with him. You are no longer just some 
average person with no promises and no provision. You have authority in the name of Jesus. You have the word of God to stand on. You are born again. And so born again people, you see signs on the freeway that say this exit to Crown Valley. Now there's signs in your life that says born again people go this way. And you begin to follow that leading. And you don't do the things you used to do. But you start walking in the spirit. And the desires of the flesh will just fall off. When it says walk in the spirit in the New King James Version. The spirit is capitalized. Translators are trying to figure out. Is this the Holy Spirit? Or is this the spirit that resides inside of a born again person? And it says in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, He who is joined to the Lord has become one spirit with him. So imagine you're holding two pitchers of water and there's a bucket down below and you begin to pour that water into the bucket simultaneously. Two separate pitchers. Now the water goes into the bucket. Can you differentiate which pitcher the water came from? No, it's one. We are one spirit. Now that we're born again, the Holy Spirit and the spirit of God living on the inside of us. We are one. You have a problem though. And here is the problem. Your flesh wants to do the old stuff, but your born again spirit wants to please God every single day. Your spirit desires to please the Lord, but your flesh does not care about that. Your flesh wants you to feed it. Whatever it wants, flesh and spirit are at war continually. They are contrary to one another. In Galatians 5, it says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And we're going to list them out, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit, I like to describe it this way, the evidence of the spirit of God being on the inside of you and you abiding and walking in the spirit and not the flesh. These are the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I love that one. I use that one a lot with my kids. This is an issue of self-control. You know, they just talk and talk and can't control themselves. Against such, there is no law. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Amen. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. You know, just because you're born again, you can still walk in the flesh. You can be born again and walking in the flesh, but you're new in Christ Jesus. And when you're new in Christ Jesus, there will be evidence. There will be good fruit on your vine. There will be good fruit. If you are born again, you're seated in heavenly places. So walk in the spirit. 
Now we're going to read in Galatians um, chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. That does not mean eternal life. You have eternal life when you're born again. You've been given eternal life. It says, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life, continual life. And let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. You know, verse seven says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Why would he say this? He's speaking to believers. Why would God say this to us? Because we can be deceived. We can be deceived for whatever a man sows, he will reap. You cannot sow whatever seed you want and not reap out of that seed. You cannot sow whatever you want. We think we can dabble. We're like that. You know how the flesh is. You think I can watch this little movie. It won't get inside of me. I can do this. I can be around that sort of stuff that won't get on the inside of me. And we think the Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. This is God we're talking about. This is God. He is above all in all around all. We think we can dabble. God is not dumb. We think he's not smart. Poor God. He's only been around forever knowing everything about everyone. And he's telling us, do not be deceived because he knows how we can be. For he who sows to his flesh will reap. Sowing seed means planting seed in a field. There's the field that is your spirit. And there is the field that is your flesh and you are sowing seed continually into the, into those fields in your life. Those fields want to be fed. Your flesh wants to be fed. It's what it wants. It wants you to sow to it and give it what it wants. Our flesh is dumb. You know, your flesh is dumb. The flesh is not smart. It does not know what's good. The flesh is dumb. I would say stupid, but my son says that's a potty word. Cameron's been talking to me about potty words. Well, I can't be around them at school because they use potty words. I was like, who says potty? We don't even use that word, but he's heard it somewhere. It's dirty. It's filthy. He doesn't like those words. Now, I like food. I'm going to say the flesh is dumb. Hear me now. I like food. I didn't used to like food until I married Joel because Joel knows good food. And so I, my flesh would be satisfied with almonds and cheese. My family's weird. When, when we met, Joel came to meet my parents out in Palm Springs. I was living out there and I, maybe I've told you guys this. He walked in the house and my dad's sitting at the table at dinner time with a hot dog without a bun, a pile of almonds and a block of cheese. And Joel looked at him. He said, is that your dinner? And he, he was scared for his life. If I marry her, this is going to be what I eat. Like, no, not even a bun with the hot. We didn't care. We would say we eat to live, not live to eat. My parents, 
you know, they just sustained us, right? But there wasn't like, you didn't talk about food or think about food or discuss your next meal. By Saturday afternoon, we're, we already were planning dinner. We're talking about tomorrow. This is how Italians are. But you know, if I were to feed my flesh, I would like Mexican food. Okay, I love chips and salsa. Do I have any people that will eat? We Hispanics need to stick together. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not Hispanic, but I wish I was. I do. I really thought I left to the mission field. I lived in Guadalajara, Mexico. I did not buy a return ticket. These are my people. I really thought like, God, you I am Hispanic, right? You named me Anna. No, but I do love my chips and salsa. In fact, the other day I was driving to go pick Ella up at Shore Cliffs um, and, and we were passing Olamendes. Is that what and the car just swerved. It, the flesh is strong. And I'm in there before you know it, buying the hugest bag of chips and a pint of salsa. And I'm eating it in the car with my son. My flesh likes chips and salsa. You know, the flesh has a response and the spirit has a response. And those who sow continually to the flesh will reap of the flesh. Food is a big deal, but it's not nearly as big of a deal as the other stuff. Other things that we give place to in our flesh can reap a harvest of corruption or destruction. But it says, but he who sows to the spirit, if you'll sow in the field of your spirit, You'll place good seed in that field. The Bible says you'll have not only eternal life that you're born again, but your spirit is born into the family of God. You'll never die. But this verse will also is also talking about you having everlasting life. So to the flesh, you'll reap decay, but so to the spirit and you'll have everlasting life of the spirit reap life that is free. And everlasting. So big bags. Buy those big bags of seed. And throw them into the the field of your spirit. So you can get a return on that investment. You know, that's what happens in OSL. You begin to sow into the spirit in such a concentrated season. And people's testimonies come rapidly. Oh my goodness, being off of media and being in the word. And and you'll begin to see evidence of good fruit right away. You know, the Bible talks about there's seed and then there's time and there's a harvest. But the book of Amos also talks about that the plower will overtake the reaper. And all that means is that if you sow continually, there is no time in the middle anymore. There's seed and there's harvest because it's happening so simultaneously because you're just sowing good seed, good seed, good seed, resisting the flesh, walking in the spirit, telling your flesh, you are dumb. You do not rule me. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do the opposite of what you're telling me to do. And you will sow seed into the field of your spirit. The concept of walking in the spirit and sowing to the spirit is all over the word of God. How do you sow to the spirit? How do you primarily sow into your spirit? It's the word of God. My Mark four says the seed is the word of God. Pastor Jerry does an incredible teaching called the sower sows the word. You sow the word of God into your heart. And then you come into seasons where you need strength and you can draw 
out of that field that is plentiful with abundance harvest. And you just pull a little, pull a little thing out of there right in the season. And you can declare something over that, but you, you don't sow into that field. And when you need that word, because you're coming up against something, there is nothing that land is barren and your flesh just is barking at you. You know what I mean? If you don't have good seed in that field, then when things you go through something, you'll just get in the flesh. You know, you'll just say whatever you think or feel nothing of the word of God. Well, I knew it. This always happens. See, you're like your mother, you know, like stuff like that, just the flesh. But if you will sow to the spirit, sow to the spirit, the word of God continually, you will reap a harvest. You will reap a harvest in your life. Praise the Lord. Proverbs four, verse 20, my son, it says, give attention to my, what my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them. So those words, they are life and health to all their flesh. John six also says it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak are spirit and they are life. He who sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. These are the seeds. It says, my son, incline your ear. Don't wait for your ear to say, I want to hear this. Incline your ear. I just like listening to the word, to a teaching. Don't wait for your ear. Your ear will go to music, movies, other things. It says, incline, tell your ear what it's going to listen to. Put things into your, your heart and your mind so that you can sow into that field so that it's ripe and, and producing harvest. You know, Joel Osteen, um, uh, we had a women's conference this uh, past three days in Anaheim it was phenomenal. And um, we had a speaker on the Friday night session, yes, um, who is uh, Spanish pastors at Lakewood. So the wife is Gloriana, and she was there ministering to us. And she was talking about Mama Dodie, which is Joel Osteen's mother. And she shared a testimony that when Dodie was 48 years old, she got diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And so the doctor just told her in that season, go home. Just enjoy your family. You've got only a little bit of time left. So just go enjoy your family. And you know what Dodie did? She sowed to the spirit. She didn't stay in the flesh. She immediately said she went home. And Gloriana in her teaching showed. And this we don't do this. But she showed that Dodie would do this. She would literally stand on the word of God. She stood on the word of God. She said she physically did that in her life. And then it also said that when she would open her word, she said, I would rest in his word. She would put her face right on the word of God and rest in his word. Sowed continually to her spirit, declaring the healing verses, the promises of God over her life. Do you know she's 80 something years old? That cancer did not take her out. And she was joking. She said, I even went to the funeral of my doctor, but I'm still here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The sower sows the word into the field of the spirit. So then you get a diagnosis. You get some something. You don't get in the flesh. 
You don't let your mouth counteract the promises of God. There's a war. The spirit and the flesh are at war. But your spirit wants to please the Lord and declare the goodness of God. So we say, by your stripes, I am healed. And we declare that. We keep sowing the word. We don't say the next day, well, I don't know. God doesn't always heal. By your stripes, I am healed. I receive my healing into my flesh. And you sow to the spirit continually, resting on his word. Keep your heart. With all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of the heart comes the issues of life or comes the harvest, the harvest of your life. A good man, Luke 645 says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, you can't try and tame your tongue at this level. You can't spank your tongue at this level. You got to get behind the deeper place, which is your heart, because the tongue is not tamed here. The tongue is tamed in the inner recesses of a man or woman that what is in your heart comes out of your mouth. So we got to tame it at the heart level, but you can sow good seed to the heart and good stuff will come out. We cannot tame the tongue here. We have to tame it in the recesses of our heart. And then it says out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to see what's going on in someone's heart? Listen to how they talk. Listen to what they say. You will know the state and condition of a heart. But when someone is sowing into the spirit and the word of God is deep down in them and the promises of God they're meditating on, you will watch what comes out of their mouth. And this isn't to be um, to, to cause anyone frustration. It'll be an alert to you. I remember a time when Joel was saying to me when I was a young mom, woman, you're getting hard to please. Because what was coming out of my mouth, remember I told you last week, if you're the center of your story, you will go to two places. You will go to scarcity, not enough, or you will be in shame if you're the center. But when God is the source of your story, he's the center more than enough. You will not feel guilt and shame. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Joel says to me, you're getting hard to please. And you know how he knew that? I was still doing my duties as a mom, serving the family, laundry's done, but it was my mouth. My mouth was complaining. You know, God takes all complaining personally. He really does. There's a difference between lamenting and complaining. You can lament before the Lord. Oh, Lord, my heart breaks for this situation. And it's different when you say things like, how come it always happens like this? We never seem to get ahead. God, you know, that is different. And God takes all complaining personally. We can call out to him and lament from a heart that's desperate. But when you go into complaining, I think you probably need to recognize, I need to sow the word of God into my heart so that out of my mouth will come good things. No potty words, okay? You heard it here from Cameron. No potty words, no filthy words. You know, we watch profane movies. You know, there's apps now like VidAngel that you can put onto your television that will cause even profanity in movies to be 
bleeped. Pastor Jerry says he and his family will watch these movies that normally there are scenes where there's cussing and the person, the actor's mouth will just go. And he'll say, Kimberly, would you look at that? He's walking in the spirit. (laughs) But really it's just the, they've put this app on their TV so that they don't have to listen to that filth because that stuff gets down deep inside of you. Whether you know it or not, we end up repeating the things we hear, what you sow into your spirit will come out of your heart and out of your mouth. I remember this one time as a young girl, I was in sixth grade. We were living in Colorado Springs and I got invited to a sleepover. Now I didn't really get to go to many sleepovers. We were, my parents weren't strict necessarily, but they were just godly, truly a godly family. I grew up in, we were in the word My dad just modeled godly lifestyle, how they stewarded their money, the things we talked about. We didn't really get to see many movies. People ask me, did you ever see this when you're a kid? Nope, didn't see that one. You know, because that was, my parents were just, they were our our technology app at the time. They were our filter. It was called mom and dad. There was no filter on my iPad. My parents were my filter. They'd come in the room and they'd be like, What is this? And it wouldn't even be bad. They would say the word gosh. They didn't even want us talking like that. The sower sows the word. My parents were sowing the word. So anyways, I'm at this um, sleepover, sixth grade. And the mom comes out. And all us girls are there. We're going to watch a movie. Dirty Dancing was the movie. Sixth grade. You know, most kids, that wasn't a big deal. But there I was. And I just knew. No, no, no. My my dad wouldn't, and mom would not want me sewing that into my heart. I knew it. And how embarrassing, right? I'm at this sleepover and I'm knowing my spirit is saying, I want to please God. And, and my parents had sewed into our hearts and I had to be there with all these friends. And I'm thinking, I'm going to look like an idiot. But I called my dad right away. I said, dad, they put on this movie and it's called Dirty Dancing. And I just know that you wouldn't want me to watch this. It, I, he said, I'm coming. He, I put the phone down. I packed up my sleepover stuff. I felt a little embarrassed. But I wanted to reap. Even as a young girl, I wanted to please God. And the spirit of God is on the inside of us. He, you want to please him. And the spirit of God was on inside of 12-year-old Anna. And my dad pulls up. I mean, he was like, you know, <laughs> like it was like a rescue mission or something. Run, run. And I just walked out with my sleepover bag, popped in the car with my dad, my filter, my righteous father. And I think he took me for a hamburger and just sewed into my heart because he knew that that wouldn't be good seed for me as a young girl. Because in sixth grade, boys are coming around. They're already beginning to say stuff. You begin to be objectified and things like that. And then watching a movie like that. I mean, it's so subtle, you guys. It's so subtle. But the adversary, he wants to come into your heart so quickly. You know, you have to guard it with all diligence. Because what goes into these portals, your eyes, your ears, it comes out of your heart. 
and it will sow seeds of destruction. I'm telling you, this church, you all, we have a mandate and an assignment from God. And I'm telling you, he said, I'm setting this church apart. You're going to be the real deal in the earth. You're going to be the kind of people that people look at and go, what is on that woman? Why is he different? What is going on there? The word of God. You're set apart. Even if you don't want to be, it's too late for you. You came here. And this is it. We're raising up an army of people. God is saying my revival plan for this area, Rock South County, is a major piece of what God is going to do in this territory coming. We're in this move of God. Don't you look around. I don't. It does not matter to me. What I see with my eye, my spirit has seen something and there is revival coming and he's getting us ready. And these are foundational. These are the things he's teaching us through the word of God to get us ready for what he wants to put. We got to be ready in and out of season for what he's doing. No dirty dancing. I did see that movie later, but like it still felt like what is even the point of this? You know? My parents sowed the word into us. They limited movies and things. I was sensitive to the things of God, wanting to please him. Gathered my stuff, headed out the door of that house and went for a hamburger. My son, watching a video game um, recently, um, was on like a, you know, you can play video games with people that you don't know. And someone had used a profane word. And Jude came to me and he was weeping confessing to me, mom, I just want to let you know I was on this thing. And this guy said this word and that hurt him because we talk clean in our home. And so you begin to have that filter and they just know like, oh, that wasn't okay. I, sh- I didn't want to hear that. It's okay to be those kinds of parents because now I thank the Lord as an adult. I'm telling you as parents, don't be embarrassed to draw a hard line and be that family. Be your, the vid angel over your kids' hearts. You can guard them and protect them. And now you'll reap a harvest. I'm, I'm sure my parents look at us. Even my brother who currently does not walk with God or worship Jesus is the most, he is Jesus. I tell him you are the carpenter. It's like, he is so pure, saved himself for marriage, walked in these godly attributes, won't even confess Jesus. But the way my parents sewed into his heart, sewed, he pays his taxes. He's a love. He rescues owls. Like (laughs) if they call him there, we found an owl with a broken wing. My brother will (laughs) sweep in there with the heart of God and resuscitate these owls. (laughs) And he's going to walk with God. God is calling him my little sister, Karina, and she has been listening to our podcast every week for the last 12 months has just returned to the Lord. She has just returned to God. So Karina, if you're listening to this, we love you and we are so excited. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids right before you. I'm talking now about the temptation that's all around us to sin. Talking to men and to women to guard our eyes, the portals on what we're looking at. You know, Pastor Jerry talked about that um, 
he has told himself to direct his eyes straight ahead. Unless the issue is straight ahead, then don't look straight ahead. He's talking about it's so easy to let our eyes gaze on things that would would lead us to paths of destruction. It's not your perfection. It's your direction. It's where you'll set your sights. You know, last week we said direct your mind. It's where we're directed. Direct your mind. Direct your eyes. You don't resist temptation. You resist the devil and you flee temptation. There's a difference. When Joel and I were dating, this is hilarious. We were pure. We waited. We were pure until we were married. And we would, um, when we would ever find ourselves alone, which was rare because we were college pastors, there was always someone with us. I'm telling you, we had this bucket seat in the front seat of his car and there was always someone in the center keeping Joel and I apart from each other. But every now and again, we'd be at my apartment. I lived with my little sister and some roommates and there was always someone home. But if there wasn't someone home, we would just look at each other. We just knew. We knew the flesh. We knew the flesh. And I remember this one time we were in the apartment alone and we were hugging. And all of a sudden I just yelled, flee, run, Forrest, run. And Joel, he, he had his chonklas, his flip-flops, and he ran out the front door of that house. And he was just running down the street as fast as he could just to keep up to not do that stuff, you know? You don't resist temptation. You resist the devil and you flee. Get yourself out of there. If you're somewhere where you know doesn't feel right, if you're watching something, you know, you see the movies, you see these people, these movie stars, the most beautiful, they're married to the most beautiful people in the world and they're unfaithful to them. How You think, how is that guy unfaithful to her? Because the eyes are never satisfied. Do you know how your flesh is? So we don't sow to the flesh. We want to sow to the spirit. So we have everlasting life then in and out of season that we can be fruitful satisfied in our spouses satisfied in the things that God has given us you know pastor Jerry would say who's the most beautiful woman my wife is the most beautiful woman she defines beauty for me when you say what is beautiful to you he just describes her That is his beauty. That is what is beautiful to him. Eyes are never satisfied. Flesh wants it. And if you feed it, it will decay. But so do the field of the spirit and reap everlasting true life. Billboards, advertisements, commercials, pornography, people. We can look on those things and you'll reap decay in your heart. You got to direct your eyes. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Even, you know, you're driving down the street and you see those billboards and your eye wants to glance and then it, it gets an image in its, in your heart and then it'll flash that image. At times you're like, why did I just think of that? It's so filthy. You know what I mean? And this is men and women. It is devouring people's lives. But you can sow to the spirit. You can direct your eyes to look at different things. You can, you can tell the flesh no and sow into your spirit. The lamp, Matthew 6, says this. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, 
Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, we were talking about Eve in the garden. It says she saw that the tree was good. Hey, I want to make a comment. I don't think that the the garden was a gender issue. I just want to say that. I don't think Eve was the weaker vessel. I think the flesh is strong, man and woman. So it's, I don't believe it was a gender thing. So just want to say that. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit. We're all susceptible. Can we say that? We're all susceptible to the flesh. It says she saw that the tree, what did she do? She saw with her eye. The eyes are the portals. If the eye is clean, the whole body is clean. So we have to direct our minds, direct our eyes to gaze on good things. If you see a commercial... We do this to our sons. You know, like you're just watching the Super Bowl. It's not like you're watching filthy channels, but it's just stuff. And those are images that get in our heart. And when we're weak and in the flesh, we'll replay these things in our mind. You can fantasize. You can go to places. You have to tell the flesh no. And so do the spirit in those moments. Verse 26 of Galatians, ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Jesus said to pray, lead me not into temptation. If your foot is not there, neither are you. If your foot is not in that place, neither are you. Flee temptation. Get out of some situations. Remove yourself. We think we can say we can look but not touch. But your eye brings it inside. And we're just talking in the deep recesses of your heart through the eye. Your eye brings that inside your body. And then from the heart out come these things. We think we can say look but not touch. We cannot dabble. Even Eve, she saw that the tree was good for food. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. Do you know when it talks about the immoral woman dripping honey? You don't need to look around like, is there some honey on her mouth or his mouth? Is this an immoral woman? Is this an immoral man? You can always tell, Pastor Jerry says, an immoral woman if you see some honey dripping from her lips. No, the immoral person is willing to cross lines. If you work in an office area or you're in a business place, there's just people that are just willing to cross lines with you. And you have to flee from those type of people and guard your heart. That people that would just cross lines, they're just willing to cross the line. And you know what you do? You stay away from those people people. You do not engage with those people. Pastor Jack Hayford, you know, I love him. And he has a sermon that he wrote in um, 2001 called the anatomy of adultery. And he says in here, I want to share just the laws of resisting temptation. He says, you avoid and discern. You don't be alone with people that you feel that from. That's part of fleeing. You stay away from those situations. You don't compliment those people. Don't give a compliment to someone that you can tell is willing to cross the line. And your spirit, the spirit of the living God on the inside of you will give you discretion. Don't accept a positive, protective or affirming role. 
with someone like that. You don't get into those kinds of roles with them. It's not your job to be the protector of this person. First Corinthians six nineteen states that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are not your own. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I don't know why. I felt a pause to talk about adultery. It's not just adultery, but it's that that ability to um, compromise in our hearts um, and in our lives. And I felt a caution from the Holy Spirit to just um, encourage us to guard our hearts in that area. It's very subtle, but the adversary, he is he is slick. He is slick and he'll think, oh, they're just it's no big deal. It's no big deal, but if you're thinking about this person or someone else other than your spouse, or you're fantasizing or having thoughts in the time, you need to direct your mind. You need to shut that down quickly because that will give a foothold to things and you will reap destruction in your life. Amen. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I just wanted to talk to you. Those subtle things in different places. Pastor Jerry tells a testimony. He was a checker at Stater Brothers. He's checking. Are we out of time? No, we're good. He was a checker at Stater Brothers. And this cute girl, he was 18 years old. This was before he was Pastor Jerry, he says. This is when he was just Jerry. So this checker is coming. This girl is coming through his line and she's cute. And he says, um, he doesn't even know what happened. The flesh just said, hello, gorgeous. You know how the flesh is. And then she said, well, hi. And they begin to engage in a conversation. He wasn't married at this time, single guy. And he wasn't compromising on a relationship, but his flesh just blurted out. Hello, gorgeous. And then she's leaving and she says, well, is that all? Well, he was saying, what? She goes, well, you're going to call me gorgeous and not follow up with anything. And he goes on to tell the testimony that she came back that night to meet him there at the, after he got off work and they began to engage in a conversation and they began to hug. I mean, he just met this girl. The flesh was just doing a, a, a whammo on him. And then he looked at her and he just came to his senses outright and said, I'm a Christian. I cannot do this. This I do not belong here. This is not right. And he just shut that down. But he said, the flesh will get you in situations. You don't even know what happens or what is said. And all of a sudden he said, I, I didn't have what it took in a sense to handle this. What my flesh just led me into. So he shut that down, preserved life. And he says that, you know, he was in the bondage of lust and he, he was in the locker room. And he said he, at first he was just around people saying things. Oh, I'm going to go home and do this with my girlfriend and da, da, da. And at first, he was just around this talk thinking, oh, that won't get in me. Oh, I won't talk like that. And then before you know it, he was in the bondage himself, speaking those things, beginning to act on those things. And God did a wonderful work setting our pastor free. It's part of his most powerful testimony. I think 31 years in fidelity to his wife. If he had not dealt with this, there is no way that he could have been faithful for that long in his marriage and pure like they have been. So praise God. So to the spirit. So to the spirit. 
the immoral woman. Her ways are unstable. Therefore, hear me now, children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Go sow some good seed. Stay pure. My husband always says, and Pastor Jerry says this too, it is his greatest desire to be clean before the Lord. And us women too, it's not just for the men. These are things are not just for the men. We can so easily women even fantasize about other things, provisional things, someone that'll just sweep in like the knight in shining armor for single women and just rescue them. No, we have to set our minds on the Lord and sow good seed into the field of our spirit. God is teaching us to sow to our spirits and we must make time. These things don't just happen. You could almost set apart time like I'm going to sow Right now, consecrate time to sow into my spirit. You listen to a teaching. You open the Psalms or the Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. If you need wisdom, just read of it. Just read of the Proverbs and sow into your spirit. So then when things come up, you got something to give. And you're not just there vulnerable like, hello, gorgeous. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm doing here. But Proverbs 7, 25 says this and we'll close. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths for she has cast down many wounded. This is the immoral woman or the flesh. We can say all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is on the way to hell descending to the chambers of death. Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. But we must walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 says, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life do you receive that word in your heart today i'm telling you you might be thinking hey i'm good i'm good i got this but the flesh is strong we don't resist temptation we resist the devil and we flee from temptation any temptation that would come your way and food can be one but i'm talking about the deeper things the things that go into the portals your eyes and your ears be really mindful of those things you know we're getting ready to elect a new um, four square president for our denomination and i was listening to the candidates videos this week and um Pastor Tammy Dunahoo, who is the general supervisor of our denomination, she's up for it. You know, we are from a denomination that was birthed from a woman, and we've never had a female four square president. This is the first time that the potential for a female to be leading. Um, and she said, "We're in. We're hearing a lot of people say we're in VUCA times. VUCA. We're in VUCA times. VUCA means um, V is for volatile, uncertain, complex." And ambiguous times. These are interesting times. And do you know the only person truly qualified to lead in these days is the Holy Spirit. These days, no no one besides the Holy Spirit knows what to do in this hour. So when the word of God comes to us this morning with a caution about our flesh, I pray that you would not dismiss us. Well, I'm not looking at pornography or I'm not tempted to to fornicate or be an adultery, I'm telling you, guard your heart 
so to the spirit. These are VUCA times. They're ambiguous. They're uncertain. And you may think, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Well, just make sure you're so into the spirit so that you're in strength for what could happen. And the Holy Spirit, he's leading in this hour. And this is a church where God gets to do what he wants to do. So we're trusting our senior pastor is going before the Lord and saying, this is the message that needs to go out to the body of Christ. Do you receive it this morning? I want to take a minute to pray over you and just to give us a moment in the Lord's presence to just let him reveal if there be anything in our hearts, any, um, you know, when I shared that testimony about my dad picking me up from the sleepover, I heard the heavenly father say, I'm coming like that for people. I'm pulling up at that house. Like your daddy did. And I'm saying, get out of there. Come on. We're getting out. And I'm saying the heavenly father is saying to you, even if you didn't have an earthly daddy like that, your heavenly father, he's on a, always continually on a rescue mission. He will, he'll pull up his, what did we have back then? Some ugly station wagon for sure. He pulled up at that house and said, you get on out here. We're going to safety. We're going to clean places. We're going to eat a hamburger and talk about the the Lord. And we need to do that for one another and our kids. But the heavenly father is doing that for you. So posture yourself before him right now. You know, I just hear the verse, just give us clean hands and a pure heart. You know, the Lord is not looking for your perfection but he's looking for your direction, you to direct your heart towards him. So heavenly father, we just um, posture ourselves before you. God, you know, the flesh just means that you act independently of God. So if you have tried maybe even this week to satisfy yourself independently of your heavenly father, Just confess that to him now, those things that you might be using to satisfy.